I find that in life, the simplest things are actually the most profound. I use questions, I leverage questions for my benefit, for my inspiration, for my motivation. And someone that's on the floor now, because I've been on my kitchen floor face down in a puddle of tears because I couldn't pay my rent or because I had to look my wife in the eye because I don't know where the next meal is coming from, from the next paycheck is coming from. I ask the questions because questions actually direct and lead us to a mental and a spiritual destination. Hey guys, this is Travel C.W. Lynch, Mr. What What, founder of I Am The Possible. And if you want to live a life by design, then you should be listening to the Free Time Podcast. Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Free Time Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Sona. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, it's incredible how the Lord works in our lives sometimes, because today's guest is here to share a story and deliver a message on something that I've been personally struggling with as of late, which is this idea of finding self-worth and self-acceptance. Today, we are so blessed and fortunate to be joined by Travel C.W. Lynch, who is known as the self-worth specialist. Travel is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, What is Enough?, and the founder of the company, I Am The Possible, a self-development company built on the philosophy that I and my possibilities are one and the same. Damn, that's powerful. With extreme passion and transparency, Travel has been captivating audiences for over 19 years. Through his thought-provoking yet highly applicable messages, Travel has become known as the voice they listen to. If you, like me, struggle with not feeling enough at times based on some external expectations you have set out for yourself, then I highly encourage you to stick around for the entire conversation with Travel. Travel, Mr. What What, my brother, welcome to the show. 
Hey, man, I'm excellent, man. Thanks so much for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this one, man. Not I many know, do I look forward to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, yeah, man. man. We've been going back and forth. But again, yeah. timing timing yeah. is always in the Lord's hands. And it always comes right. together in a beautiful yep. way, right? It does. So it does. Yeah. you've been quoted to say the greatest thing you'll ever become is accepting who you are. And I'll be honest, bro, when I first read this, it literally felt like, a weight of the world had been lifted off my mm. soul. But mm. then almost immediately, I reverted back to this like method of thinking that, wait, but I'm not a finished product. Like, if, yeah. if I accept this, is it me becoming complacent? So I, mm. I want you to shed some light on that, brother. I mean, like, tell us the story of what the turning point was for you in your life when you first realized that this quote was true for you. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you know what? And you touched on something that I really am passionate about creating more content around. So I'm so blessed that you brought it up because one day I was working out at the gym and one day I really realized that what I thought was so inspiring could in a weird way be almost deflating or challenging to people. Because when I say that you and your possibilities are one and the same, everything you hope to be tomorrow, you already are today. I saw that as something that would inspire an individual. And the more I thought about it in that given day, I said, wow, if people think that they already are, then they could easily equate that to saying that I've already arrived. I am done. I am completed. And when you think, okay, well, looking at my life, I haven't earned the income that I wanted. I haven't bought the house that I want. I'm not driving in the car that I want to drive in. I don't have the superstar spouse that I want. I don't want this to be it. I don't want this to be the end of it. So you brought up a very interesting point. Now, you know, how I came up, you know, with that point is the fact that I believe in the idea that we are all that we'll ever be. But the joy of life is in the increasing and the expanding of that which we already are. In other words, Carl, you are Carl. That's all you're ever going to be in and of yourself. But you can grow. We call it evolution. We call it evolving. We call it leveling up. We call it all these other different things. But it's a enlarging and a increasing in your capacity to express what you are. See, that's the blockage. We are not free mm. to express the full capacity of what we are. And so it's this idea, man, that within you, within you, Carl, contains everything that you'll ever need, that you'll ever desire, that will ever make you content and satisfied. But it is the expression, it is the levels of freedom that you must go through to express what's already there. And so again, many times people mm. are, are looking for that external, we're looking to add, right? We live in a world of addition. And what I've discovered mm -hmm. is we didn't come into this world to really exhaust ourselves with adding on to ourselves. We came to subtract from ourselves. We, we don't come into this world to get anything from it. We came into this world to give to it. Your life mm. is a contribution to mm. the betterment of our society. You came in as a contribution, not as one to consume and compete and compare, but your life actually showed up on the scene to either be an answer to a question or a solution to a problem. So I know that was a long, long winded answer, man. But I think that the problem is, is that we think that we come in 
And our job is to get from life when actually it's the exact reverse. We came to give to life. We're a contribution mm. in this world. Thank you for that, man. Yeah, that was definitely at first thought a bit of a mental hangup, but I love how you explained it in terms of being that contribution and seeking to give first to take. And it really leads me to my next question because my next question is one that I'm personally thinking about a lot right now, Travel, and this idea of finding a way to rejoice in the current hardships, knowing that they will contribute towards who we're supposed to become. I know that you personally went through a lot of hardships during your childhood, man, like no parents in the home, jail, this and that, man. How did you view those hardships when you were going through them? And how do you view them today, knowing what you now know? Yeah, so going through the hardships, like most people, I had the victim mentality. I remember around 17 or 18, pretty much verbally and within my own heart saying, F the world. I don't want to be here. It doesn't matter if I die. In fact, there's been multiple times where I've had my life, you know, threatened. And not that I'm some big bad person, but I was willing to die multiple times because I didn't feel like anyone would miss me. I didn't feel like I had any value or worth in the world. And so whether it be at the age of seven, when I began to stutter, whether it began around the age of nine or 10, when I just blew up, I was this skinny kid, man. And, and I just picked up weight just like that. I mean, just, I just blew up, man, like night and day and being bullied and picked on and ran home and beat up on, talked about, alienated, rejected. If someone's not going to fit in, bam, that's the cat. You're not going to fit in. You're not going to be popular. You're not going to be accepted. So I felt in those days that everything was happening to me, that you're bullying me, you're punishing me, you're alienating me. As I grew in this philosophy, as God's graced me to understand it now at the age of 43, all of those things were actually happening for me, truly happening for mm. me. And this is what I mean. One of my many hats is a certified personal trainer. And one thing about the physical body, Carl, is that the physical body has with, within its fibers, within its very DNA, we have what we call potential or growth hormones. And if given the right pressure, if, if given the right tension, if given the right stress and tension, it actually triggers the growth. It actually produces the potential that had already been you know, put in us by God. So your potential is sitting dormant right? But unless you pound on it, you add weight and pressure to it, the potential will just remain a possibility, but it will never come to materialize. It will never grow. It will never expand. And so when I take that view of it, who I am today has always been there. I was on an interview just the other day. I told this person, I thank God for every night I cried, for every tear that dropped out of my eye, for every time I felt worthless and helpless and, and just like I didn't have any value because that is what gives me the passion that I have today to serve other people. I wouldn't be able to serve today. Man. I would not be able to I serve mean, today. I would not have written my new book. I would not have done yeah. anything had I not been punished and beat down so severely. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful take on life and all that life can throw at us. But I know that for the person that is 
on the floor right now, you know, crying because they've been laid off and there's no signs of work and they just feel so hopeless. It, it can be hard to see that. What do you say to them right now? You know, yeah. what words of encouragement do you offer them that like all of this, provided they keep going and stay faithful, will ultimately serve them? Yeah, I would say I believe in the power of questions. I find that in life, the simplest things are actually the most profound. I use questions. I leverage questions for my benefit, for my inspiration, for my motivation. And someone that's on the floor now, because I've been on my kitchen floor face down in a puddle of tears because I couldn't pay my rent or because I had to look my wife in the eye because I don't know where the next meal is coming from, from the next paycheck is coming from. I ask the questions because questions actually direct and lead us to a mental and a spiritual destination. If you ever look at the word quest, it starts, I mean, question, it starts with the word quest. And so- I thought about that. Yeah, I, I always say quest on, the quest I am on. Quest, space, I, space, on. Questions are the wow. quest that you're on. And so that's one of the principles that I teach. And if you're laying on the floor right now, the difference between suicide and picking yourself up, the difference between giving up and getting up, the difference between going on and stopping where you are, are dependent on the questions that you ask yourself in this moment. And you can literally ask yourself the question, what is this moment doing for me? Why am I going to rise above this situation? Why am I going to overcome this? Where is my life going to be five years from now because I'm going to overcome this, because I'm going to survive this? How is my marriage going to look different? How is my finances going to look different? How am I as a man, as a woman, as a child, how am I going to present myself to the world better because of what I am going to endure? In fact, because I am enduring current state, this situation. Mm. I know it sounds elementary. I know it sounds like, are you serious? But I promise you, questions redirect focus. Focus is nothing more than mm. energy. Where energy flows, where the focus flows, we, because we're made of energy, we actually follow. We go wherever our questions lead us. What we think, what we say, what we do is all made up of energy. And if you question yourself right, you're literally leading yourself in a new and a profound direction. So I would say you start with questions. What am I going to be? What am I going to do? What am I going to accomplish? Because I'm enduring this hard situation. That's yeah, interesting, man. Just listening to you like break that down. I'm thinking about times when I felt seriously conflicted. I didn't know which way was left, which way was right. And you ask that question, it almost always leads in a small mini breakthrough that allows you to see a clearer path to take. Mm -hmm. and, and I liken that to what you're describing here, man, you know, versus being so inwardly focused, thinking that there's something inherently broken or wrong with you that yeah. sort of shutters all different possibilities that may exist different avenues that you can choose to go down, man. So thank you for breaking that down. And it's so funny that you said like, yo, like most things are simple. Most profound things are simple. I never put that together. <laughs> Quest I am on. I love that, man. One more thing on that. Please. Because Please. if someone's listening and they're in that space, 
I just want to call out what we normally do. And, mm-hmm, and you know how we, we normally say, how's that working out for you, right? Normally, we're asking, why is this happening to me? That's a right. That's and a that's victim. the victim. That's a victim. Yes. Why is this happening to me? Why, 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 why? Yeah. And guess what? You're going to get the answer. Your mind is wired in such a way. Your mind is a fact finder. It is going to find proof. It's going to find evidence to state the case. If you say, why is this happening to me? You're telling your mind, go find evidence, go find information, go find facts to support the state I already am in. If you say, well, wait a minute, if I can leverage the way that my mind works, I can actually send it on a new quest. Because if you say, why is this happening to me? The quest that it's on is let's support this idea. Oh, well, your mama ran out on you. Oh, well, your daddy was never there. Oh, well, your friend, didn't he just reject you? Oh, didn't your girlfriend just unfriend you on Facebook? You're going to come up with a million reasons to support why this tragedy is happening to you. But if you ask the question, why am I going to overcome this? What am I going to look like because I am going through this? You will be fascinated at the way that your mind begins to travel and look for new and profound facts. Yeah. I think the operative word there is I, the operative word is I, (laughs) because that is the classic case of victim mentality. It's, it's wanting to remove yourself from the equation and to place blame on something external of yourself that wronged you. Yes. And therefore, how can you, how can you ever be culpable? Right. How can you ever choose something different? Man, dude. I love that brother. All right. I want to talk a little bit about your company, man. I am the possible. I really love that the mission is sort of rooted on everything I hope to be tomorrow, everything I hope to be, everything you hope to be is who I already am today. Can you break that down a little bit, man? I mean, I I think again, to what you said earlier, it's so profound and simple that it catches you. But I feel like if you overthink about it, you sort of lose, you really lose what it's trying to communicate. So just break that down in layman's terms a little bit for us, man, and, and maybe give us some background as to how you founded the company too. Yeah, absolutely. So really quick, there was a opportunity that I had several, several years ago uh, as an associate pastor. I was given the opportunity to, to preach on a Sunday morning service. And as I was doing some of my research, I came across uh, several biblical passages of one on the life of Jesus, one on the life of Gideon. And just to kind of keep it really short was that in both stories, the Bible pointed to the fact that these men were being referred to as something that they did not currently see themselves or didn't have the current capacity to live out. So let me just take Gideon's uh, story, for example. Gideon, when the angel of the Lord found Gideon, he was hiding in a wine press the situation that he was in was in a fearful state and these armies were coming against his family and the angel of the lord looked at gideon and said mighty warrior you are going to defend your people and gideon looked at the angel of god and he said basically in layman's terms you're talking to me he says wait a minute i'm the least of my clan i'm the smallest i'm the weakest and my family we're the smallest we're the weakest long story short Gideon saw himself, he saw himself as something less than, something very weak, something very small. However, the way that this story is unfolded is that God, sending his angel, 
on behalf of him, speaking as him, he, his creator, his source, saw what he truly was versus seeing where he truly was. And so many times in our lives, we are looking at where we are to equate what we are. Well, I'm on welfare. I'm homeless. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So I guess that I am something that's less than. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And so we look at where we are versus what we are. When you look at that you know, phrase, I am my possibilities are one and the same. Gideon had always been a mighty warrior. That's what his possibility was. He already was, but he didn't see himself as that. And so he was only fixated on what or where he saw himself, hiding in a wine press. And so based upon your circumstances and situations, you're pulling from that and you're equating, you are internalizing where you are to equate to what you are. And what I've discovered is that that's not a very trustworthy location for you to draw truth about what you really are from. And so just going through that story, man, God gave me that, really just that revelation that as our creator, we came into the world as everything that we're ever going to be. Our life is nothing but a unpacking, a unfolding, a revealing process. And so as Gideon was living as someone who was afraid, the truth was he was a mighty warrior and he went on to defeat the army, but it took him to come face to face with new you know, information about himself. And so that's where I purpose my company to just help people to see what you are so that you can truly embrace and truly, you know, appreciate and value what you are rather than fixating on where you are. It kind of sounds like to me, our lives aren't really about us. It sort of sounds like our lives are about giving glory to our creator. And I guess I'm curious to just briefly hear a little bit more about how I am the possible gets people to understand that, gets people to accept that. Yeah. Well, I have a philosophy and really practices of self-discovery. I tell people that the greatest form of self-development is self-discovery, being able to see what is already there. That kind of goes back to that very first statement that the greatest thing that you will ever become is accepting of what you already are, right? That's the whole what, what campaign. It's seeing what we already are. And so I Am The Possible helps people to see what they are through the process of self-discovery. We practice self-observation. We practice what we call deep dives. We're looking for what's beneath the surface, what's actually there, because I always liken it to I don't know, you know, I'm from the Midwest and, you know, back then, you know, grandmother would have me paint the house, right? She would have me paint the house every summer. It's a fresh coat of paint. Well, after about three or four summers, I didn't paint the side of the house. I forgot what the original color of the house was. And so I look at it like that when we go through life, these layers of lies that have been painted on us. At the age of seven, mm -hmm. I stuttered. Okay, that's a fact. I stuttered. But that doesn't mean that you have to come and tell me that I'm stupid because I stuttered, but because I haven't known who I really am and what I really am, I'll accept that. Okay. I'm stupid. Pick up some weight. Oh, you the fat boy. Oh, you chubby. Oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I haven't learned what I really am yet. Okay. I'll accept that. 
And so now you're accepting these layers. So now you got to layer your stutterer. You got to layer I'm the fat kid. Oh, by the way, your mother was a crackhead. Oh yeah, okay, so I'm not really loved, am I? Okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, and my dad, he wasn't around either, was he? Oh yeah, that's right, okay, another layer, another layer. And all these layers that just keeps getting painted on us, and before long, we are covered in layers that the world has put on us, these lies about us, but we never gotten the opportunity to discover what we really are. I always say we, we live in a society, before we get a chance to walk, it is demanded of us that we run. Before we ever can walk, is runtime. And it's like, man, I don't know what I am yet before I'm bombarded with all of these misconceptions and these lies and these insecurities that other people are putting on my life because they're going through the same thing. They just don't realize it. Oh, man. It's interesting. I, I started starting when I was at seven years old too, man. That's pretty seven. pretty interesting connection right there. That was tough too for a while. You know, but to your point, you, you got to find a way to realize that you are not your stutter. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? They, no, that's it. That's profound. You are yeah. not. Man, that's profound. Yeah. That's, that's it. You are not yeah. that. Yeah. That's something yeah. you do, but it's not something that you are. Correct. See, that really that's the me. genius. That really helped. Yeah, man. I love that, man. <laughs> my man, my man is out here dropping some, some wisdom, man. Thank you so much, bro. Uh, I want to talk about the book. The book is hitting it hard on Amazon. By the way, everybody needs to go and find Travel's new book. It's <laughs> called What is Enough? How to Lighten Your Load and Find What Makes You Happy. Congratulations on yes. that, by the way, man. Oh, thank you. I can't man. wait Appreciate to get my copy. The first thing that really got me, man, was the cover. It's depicting an ant pushing like a boulder. Can you help right. me understand what, what that's all about? I'm just curious. Right. <laughs> well, we live in a society where strength, pride, grinding, hustling, you know, taking care of business, that is highlighted in our society. And so the ant, if you know anything about the ant, the ant is known for its cooperation, its teamwork, but more importantly, its hard work and its ability to carry a mm. hundred or so times its own body weight. So the pride of the ant is its strength. And what I found that many of us in life, we are emotionally exhausted because we're taking on the weight, right, of trying to earn. I always teach people that our worth, our significance is not something that we have to earn. It's something we simply have to learn. And that's where we go back to that self-discovery. But this book was written to people like the ant who, okay, that's a little bit too much weight. You know, yeah, you're strong, but you're not that strong. And you're carrying way too much emotional stress, way too much emotional baggage, way too much emotional weight and load. And the book is saying, let's lighten that up for you. Let's lighten it up. Let's, let's help you to see that some of the things that you're taking on, that emotional exhaustion that you're taking on, number one, you're not built for that. That's not the capacity that you carry. So you have no business even trying to take it on. But more importantly, opening up eyes to realize that these are self-imposed pressures. These are weights and pressures that we're imposing on ourselves. For example, as a husband, and I talk about it in the book, as a husband, and this is me, guilty as charged, for years, I've been married 20 years, for more than half of my marriage, I have tried to earn being a good enough husband. I've tried to earn that. 
well, let me take her out for this. Let me buy her this. Let me do this. Let me make sure that. Let me. Let and before long, you've got all of this junk bombarding you, this weight of the world on you to live up to a picture of perfection as a husband that you put on you. My wife never asked me to be that guy. She never told me to be perfect. She never told me to, to do all these things or else I'm not going to love you or accept you. But I put them on myself, right? As a father, I've got four children, man. And I'm trying to be the perfect dad. I'm, I'm taking them here. I'm doing this. I'm buying this. I'm providing this. We moved to this neighborhood. I want to have this type of car. I want to have this type of area. And you're just bombarded with all of these self-imposed pressures, weights, and loads that you're putting on yourself because you're trying to earn in your own eyes. I call it looking through eyes of emptiness because when you look at yourself, you're never enough. You never measure up. You never add up to enough. So through your vision, through your eyes, it's always empty. You're always empty and you always need to do more, do more, do more. And no one's asking you to do more, but you, you're the only one asking you to do more. And you're stressing oh, yourself out, man. So, man, anyway, I could go on with that when you tapped on my passion right there. That's the truth. I, I just had a conversation this morning with my partners. You know, I run this podcast production business. And I was like, man, I'm struggling right now because mm. I don't know if I'm doing enough <laughs> that satisfies the expectations of my partners. And it's been non me. It's been non me. It's been non me. My girl's finally like, yo, you just need to sit down with them and express this because I'm willing to bet these expectations that you're dreaming up or that you're reaching for out of thin air. This is just the weight of the world that you're imposing on yourself. It may not be something that's real for them. And sure enough, we had the come to Jesus conversation this morning and all of it was just made up in my mind. Wow. And I, I was, I was absolved. It <laughs> like is. literally I'm having the best day now. I'm talking to you now. I'm about to, you know, wow. my dad. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. There. Wow. A hundred percent. Wow. All right, brother, man, we're coming up on time. I want to be respectful yeah, of your time, absolutely. but I, I do want you to talk about this concept real quick of deflation. If, if you yeah, would, yeah. just very briefly touch on deflation. I know there is a chapter so dedicated to it in the book. All the reviews I've read, it sounds like people are really, really resonating with this concept. So can you yeah. explain what deflation is and how it's causing some challenges for us? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. So just really quick, I'm a man of faith. Uh, in Genesis chapter one, the Bible says that God blew the breath of life into us. He inspired us. He blew his breath into us. So we expanded, right? Like a balloon, we've got air in us, right? So we're born like a child. We come into this world. That's why little babies are so curious. They touch everything, put everything in their mouth. They're not afraid of anything because they're full of life. They're totally inspired. They're ready to live, this little baby. And then before long, here comes society with all of its clamoring and its culture and its limitations, right? And it starts to tell you that you have to do enough before you can be enough in our eyes. That's what society mm. says. You've got to do this, this, and this, then we'll accept you. You've got to have that, that, and that in place, then we'll accept you. So the concept of deflation is whenever you attempt to do something with the conscious or unconscious, which is most of the time, the unconscious desire to earn your way into being enough, you're already deflating yourself. It's like taking mm. the air out of a balloon. You're full of life, you're full of air, but now you've been convinced through the culture that, hey man, 
I've got to earn this. So uh, let me go out and do this because as soon as I get my degree, Carl, as soon as I get that degree, baby, as soon as I walk across that stage, whoo, then I'm going to be enough. And what happens? We get that diploma. We walk across that stage and something's still missing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of deflated. I'm, I'm kind of let down. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm about that bomb house, baby. The house on the hill, baby. Two million. I, I've been working hard. I've been, I've been, I've been climbing that corporate ladder. I've been doing it, man. I'm about to close the deal. Boom. We signed for the house. We move in. We got settled. Okay. Couple of nights in and I walk outside and this is my palace and I got it and nothing's really changed. I mean, I got a new spot, but life is still kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of deflated here. See, so that's the vicious cycle. That is deflation. It is, you came into this world like a balloon, fresh, just someone, someone blew all that air into you, man. You are full of life. You about to soar. And then life and culture and society and, and our traditions and our little culture and all of our little hashtags and all of our little social media jabs Nah, man, you ain't good enough, bro. You got to do some stuff, baby. You got to work. You got to hustle. You got to grind. You got to earn. You got to have. You got to do. Then maybe one day, someday, possibly we'll accept you. And that becomes our story. And that's why we go through what you were talking about earlier. Because enough of that from the world, what we do is we then adopt it as our own vicious cycle. Y'all wasn't receiving me, accepting me, loving me, letting me in. I'm going to now take that and make that my own vicious cycle internally. So now, no matter what I do, I'm never going to be enough for myself. And so that's mm. what deflation really is. It's an internal cycle of constantly trying to do one more thing to be one more thing to finally, possibly one day arrive at this magical place called enough. And the truth is, Carl, we have always been enough, we are enough, and we will always be enough. Because that's how we came into this thing called life. That's it. Wow, man. That's it. Yeah, I want to thank you, man. I want to thank, thank you, you for being a positive reminder to all of us that we have been created perfectly as we currently are, man, and that we all are here to contribute to solving a specific problem. We're all a unique solution to a specific problem yeah. that no one else can solve. And uh, right. that is our contribution, man. And, and you, my friend, are an embodiment of reminding us of that. So I want to thank you for that, man. Before we transition to the random round, yeah. I want you to talk about where people can find you. I know you're coming up with the seminars that, you, that mm -hmm. we were just talking about. Plug yeah. that real quick, man, because I yeah. think there's so much here to unpack mm -hmm. that a 30-minute conversation <laughs> can't do justice for. Right. So go ahead and plug some of that if you don't mind. No, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Beginning September 26th and promotional information will start hitting, hitting the internet and social media pretty soon here. But I'm calling it my self-worth seminar series. This is going to be one of those ongoing things. Right out the gate, we're going to be answering a question that I believe is in the hearts of so many people. And I'm calling it what makes you worth it. But the question really is what makes me worth it? The world tells you, hey, you're worth it. Hey, you should, you know, you should pick yourself up. You should keep going. You know, your life matters. You have a purpose, right? God has a plan for your life, right? These are things that we hear in our society, right? By, by, by good-hearted people. But I find that because I was once that person, 
when the pastor or the preacher or the motivational speaker or, you know, when the person out there, when the podcast says your life matters, you're a good person, you should keep on, you should, you know, you know, don't give up on yourself. The question is, well, what makes me worth it? Why does my life really matter? Why should I stick around? And so I want to begin to address that right out the gate. I want to give that evidence. I want to give that proof. I want to help walk people through in a more intimate setting. Let's go and let's discover why you matter. Let's discover. I don't want to just tell you. We got enough people on stage hyping you up and giving you fluff and giving you a big razzmatazz and you're on top of your chairs and the lights are going and you're dancing. But then when you get home, all of that goes away. I want to take time with you. And I want to take you step by step and I want to help you for yourself discover why you, your own individual, your own unique, your own special reasons why you matter and why your life is so valuable and why you are worth it and why this world absolutely needs you. So, yeah, man, I just want to start to to walk with people with it, because, again, just hearing it. The internal question is, okay, well, that sounds good, but I live in the hood and my mama ran out and my daddy ain't never been around and they about to evict me and they came and repoed my car. Ain't nothing around me telling me I'm worth it. Ain't no evidence telling me I'm worth it. So where's the evidence? And I just want to begin Mm. to help people to find that evidence, man. I love it, man. Is there a link to that? Because we'll be sure to add that in the show notes below so people can engage with that. Yeah. For that particular event, that's going to be selfworthseminars.com selfworthseminars.com and I'm going to also have a link and information on my website at iamthepossible.com Perfect, perfect, perfect. We'll have both of those down below so um, y'all can easily engage with Travel and, and maybe check that out. Travel, before I let you go, man, I got yeah. a fun little random round just for the audience to get to know cool. you a little bit better. I call it the free time five. The first <laughs> question I got for you, man, I know you're this world-renowned international speaker and you rock the mic and you've definitely done that this afternoon. What is your pre-speech routine? What does that look like for you? It's actually, man, it is a quieting of myself. I have a mindset coach, man, and I get into state, as we call it. I go in, I quiet myself, man, and I remember that I am grateful for this opportunity to serve, man. And it's just really tapping back into love. My pastor teaches us, let love lead, man, you'll never fail. So it's just getting into that state, man, of of remembering, dude, this is an opportunity that I am gifted with. So let's go out out here and love on these people, man, and and serve them, man, with a a loving heart. Love it, man. Um, You touched on potential earlier. Imagine potential were like a physical destination on a map, somewhere you could travel to. What would be more enjoyable for you? Would it be like the journey there, however it is you get there, or would it be just arriving in and of itself? Oh, yeah. I am a arriver. I'm learning to slow down. I'm learning to enjoy the ride. (laughs) But to this day, man, let's get there, and then I'll sit and soak and meditate and observe. But the travel too, nah, I don't want anything to do with it, man. (laughs) I love it, man. Uh, What's one book that anyone in a growth season in their life right now should check out? Could be your own even. All right, yeah. No, I won't plug my own, but um, I will plug uh, Miles Monroe, man, In Pursuit of Purpose. That's the book that changed my life. In Pursuit okay. of Purpose. Uh, powerful, profound, uh, eye-opening, life-changing, transformative work. Love that one. In Pursuit of Purpose. We'll put that one down below in the show notes yeah. also. One empowering quote you'd love to leave with the audience today. But I probably will give you my own, man, to be honest. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. okay. It, it, it could be something you said. Absolutely. 
Okay, right. <laughs> right. You are not an option. You are an obligation. This world absolutely mm. needs you. Your life is not an option. Don't throw it away. Your life is an obligation. We absolutely need you. That. Yeah. I love that, man. And last but not least, you know, visualization can be a very powerful thing. Mm. I'd like to know, man, where do you see yourself in six to nine months? I know you got a lot yeah. of projects in the fire. You, you move in a, mile, a million miles an hour. <laughs> you, you have so much purpose in your heart. So I'm, I'm just oh. curious, man, to like tap into Travel's mindset. Where are you at in six to nine months? Six to nine months. I'm actually still transitioning from corporate America. So number one, I see myself full time with this business. I see myself ministering to a thousand audience on a daily basis. Travel, thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me. And I can't wait to see you there.